everyone to another episode of the Between Two Wheels podcast, commentary and analysis from Northern California. The Vuelta, it's almost over. You know, we're kind of coming up on the end of the 2020 cycling season and getting ready for the next 2021. We'll talk about some cancellations already for the upcoming season, some protests, some cancellations. Movie Star continues to baffle me, which is the only normal thing about 2020. Uh, this is your 2020 election edition show. I am Tyler Yonke, Twin Two Wheels Podcast, episode 209, and welcome. Look, if you're uh, joining us live, which you have the ability to do, uh, our Facebook or YouTube, um, go ahead and make any comments here. We'll take those as they come. But what I thought we'd do, look, the, the racing itself is, is wrapping down, right? So we have basically a week left of the Vuelta. We'll recap um, stages eight through thirteen. Give some commentary about you know some things went on there. They had they had a rider protest. We'll talk about that. Uh, Tour down under no longer. Um, but you know coming up today it, it's election day, and with election day you get a chance to make your. Eh, no, I don't really care. Um, look, you know you ever when you're a kid you have maybe young kids um, and they they they're in kindergarten and they they set, uh, submit a, a stupid picture to. Uh, the, the teachers and the teachers put a little, you know, sticker on their gold star. And then people do the same thing with their I voted sticker. That's about, and, and you're kind of electing similar childish people. So uh, good luck to all those. Hey, you can vote if you want. You can complain if you want. I don't care if you voted or not. I think, you, you know, that non-vote is still a vote in a sense. So um, good luck out there. Good luck with all the mayhem and chaos is coming. That's what we're looking for here on the Between Two Wheels podcast. So last, last we knew, um, we had stage seven of the Between Two Wheels podcast, uh, yeah, stage seven of the Vuelta. And with that was um, the Mike Woods. Mike Woods took the win. We talked about that. Uh, and with that was also a little bit of an interesting um, situation up the road. And we'll start off with that with Alejandro Valverde, you know, Mike Woods. Look, um, uh, there was some people had commented that, uh, you know, Woods wasn't making any friends with his, his uh, not pulling through uh, after the, the final climb. You can see the the profile just a little bit here, what, you know, 20 or so K to the finish. But look, Mike Woods set off on that climb. He destroyed basically everybody that was in the break. Um, he sold it over the top. If those people didn't think that he was in to the, the, in the race to, to win the final stage or to win that stage, uh, they were sorely mistaken. The fact that he wasn't taking a pole was simply because Hugh Carthy was behind. He didn't want to help Valverde up the road. Valverde is trying to get up the road to, um, you know, to, to help his GC chances. Uh, and then Mike Woods snuffs everyone at the line, takes the win, gets the post up, and there should have been absolutely no surprise. Those guys had a duty to get rid of him. Valverde had a duty to keep pulling on the front to make sure that his GC time was well taken care of. Uh, instead, he tr- tries to go for the stage win, yet he's still trying to go for you know time on the GC, which was what um, Mike Woods was, was kind of countering against. And um, in the end, does it really pay off for Movie Star, and does it pay off for... For Woods and Hugh Carthy. So um, the next thing we have, we have stage eight here. Stage eight was 165 kilometers. Cat two had a final cat one mountaintop finish. And what we saw there was Roglic basically roaring back. But coming into that, you had movie stars setting the pace into the second to last and, and the final climb, uh, setting things up for Enrique Mass. Okay, well, um, Valverde was sh- shot out of the back of the, the peloton quite early because of all the work he had done the day before. So he wasn't any any help to um, Enrique Mass at all. <clears throat> what you end up having then is uh, they're they're setting it up for Moss, and Moss ends up um, suffering a little bit. Carpez ends up uh, some attacking there. 
Um, you've got the last, you know, few kilometers. Sepkus, once again, uh, domestique. He's my pick for domestique of the year. He's got um, Roglic uh, in well in hand. And um, right near the last kilometer, in the last kilometer, Roglic ends up taking off. You know, look, it looked like at some point Sepkus was going to go up the road with, with a few guys that were making attacks. Uh, but he's got his head on the swivel, always looking back for uh, Primos. Um, he's, he's, you know, taken, he's forgiven or forgotten his own chances here, unless he has a, you know, really a chance here in the last week. Uh, and there's only going to be one stage left really that the, the climbers can do anything. Um, his chance of a stage win are, are, are slipping away. Uh, but in the end you had Primus Roglic, um, distancing Carapaz, Dan Martin, and you know, Hugh Carthy had taken off on the bottom or the mid part of that climb a little bit too soon, maybe 5k and it got really steep. But what's interesting about Hugh Carthy uh, up until this point in some of the steep climbs you've seen, he's actually been able to put some distance on Carapaz. So um, not this one, though. I think he just shot himself a little bit too early. Mike Woods was still there to help. So in the end, you have Roglic, Carapaz, Dan Martin. Uh, and now Vlasov is kind of making a resurgence for Astana here. Hugh Carthy, Wapols, Enric uh, Maas, uh, Sepkus, and Esteban Chavez. Chavez ends up dumping himself out in the next few days or so. But um, as you can see, Sep just kind of rides it in easy. Uh, 13 seconds gap there to Carapaz from Roglic. Then they had stage nine. Stage nine was a sprint day. Look, this came, uh, this is what's been one of the more interesting parts of the year. Uh, you know, there's, there's hypocrisy all around. We are, of course, it's, a, it's election day. Why not more to do with the hypocrisy than today? But uh, one of those uh, hypocritical people in cycling is Patrick Lefevre, and he is the the DS for a Dequanic Quick Step. So, in the end, you have um, Sam Bennett, who won a bunch of stages in the green jersey in the Tour de France. He ends up winning the stage handily over Ackerman, uh, Gerben Thiessen, and Max Cantor, and uh, Jasper Philipson. But he gets DQ'd for headbutting uh, along the line in the last one, uh, I don't know, few 500 meters or so. His sprint team is trained set up there. They're, he's like four or five back. He's looking in perfect position. They're going up along the right guardrail. Um, there's a Trek rider almost looking like he's trying to push his way in, but he's really just kind of sitting there and, and, um, Sam Bennett just decides to do a massive headbutt and then does another one totally unnecessary, especially if you didn't see the other guy, um, trying to push it. Now Sam says, look, I was, you know, getting pushed up against the barrier and I was, it was a defensive move to preemptive to keep myself safe. I think that's kind of BS. Uh, there was absolutely no need for Sam to do what he did. It didn't affect the outcome of the race because uh, he ended up winning easily. He didn't need to do that. Uh, but, of course, then you get Patrick Lefevre. He gets all worked up, and he's going to – I don't know if he's going to do legal action now <laughs> against the Volta. But remember, you know, this, these are the kind of things that he was uh, riling against. I mean, he said Gronewagen – and the UCI, I don't think they've ruled on Gronewagen's uh, move yet um, in the Tour of Poland uh, against his own rider. So uh, he said um, – Grunewagen should be criminally punished um, and he should, he was going to file a lawsuit against him himself. Big talk. I don't think it's happening, but um, it's one, once again, it's a guy that you can't really uh, give much to because he's his, his own writers do the same thing. And, and you know, no one was hurt in this one, this incident, but um, once again, it's just happens to be the, the position, the freak way that the tour of Poland was. So um, Sam Bennett, uh, loses out in a win. Uh, bummer for him, but you know maybe maybe it'll start to straighten these riders out. And if, as you saw the sprint there, the riders were all coming through very clean, crisp as far as straight hold lines. It was a good sprint, other than uh, the totally unnecessary. <laughs> and but 
um, by Sam Bennett. Um, unnecessary, and you got your stage win taken away, and you got relegated to the back of the pack for that. Um, stage 10. So, look, we're not stage 10 in my book. Uh, when I did a preview of this, I'm like, uh, stage 10 is going to be another um, sprint stage. But when you start to look at the profile, it was like the last 1.2K, it had a real crisp, you know, shot up uphill. So the UCI ends up saying this is going to be a sprint day. And I didn't know this, but, uh, and we'll get into some of that, that they designate what they're considering sprint stages and mountain stages. So um, you come into the last 1.5 uh, inside the last kilometer, Guillaume Martin hits it. And all the, all the GC riders were, were up front. Now remember, Primus Roglic had on stage um, six, six, I believe. He had lost the, the green, uh, the, the red jersey to uh, Carapaz. Uh, it was a day in the rain. Is Gary won there? And he now I he didn't look so good on the final climb. He was holding his his distance to him, but he got distance early to Carapaz, and he was he was holding on. And I had talked about this on the last episode that I didn't think it was you know he he had to do some efforts to get back to the bunch, and he it probably wasn't as dramatic of a, of a loss of of, of gap and, and wheels as it, as it could have appeared. You know, people are like oh he's finally waning. You know, um, voters like to say oh he's he's horrible in the last week. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Uh, but what the reality was, Sepp Kuss and them said they were trying to get his jacket on. Um, he, then there was a, a gap in the field. This is on stage six, I believe. And he said it was a world tour winning move just to get uh, Primos back to the front group. Now, this is also what lost Sepp, cost some of his valuable time and being able to stay up there. Um, we've got some viewer comments coming in here. Hang on, Brian, I'll, I'll add him in there. Uh, but it, then, then um, Roglic was distance and you know bad rain and just a nasty day. So was that going to be a portent of things to come and that he's losing his grip? No. Um, stage, as we saw uh, the previous stage we were talking about here, um, he had uh, two, two back, he'd done well. Uh, stage eight, taking some more time. And then stage 10, he ends up kicking in the last, you know, five, 600 meters and just holding everyone off. He ends up gapping them over the line. And with that, um, gets a little bit of a time gap. Now we'll talk about this. Uh, let's let's uh, talk about here. Uh, Brian Zimney, he says, Trump should hire Patrick Lefebvre if things don't go his way today. Uh, right, didn't he? Uh, what was the guy? Corey, Corey Lewandowski. Wasn't that similar to Patrick Lefevre? That's kind of his, his old campaign manager. Um, but I think he might be in jail. I'm not sure about that. Um, but uh, yeah, you never know. Um, you know, look, uh, maybe maybe Biden. I mean, if things don't go, this is going to be an amazing thing because we're probably not, if, I'll just say this here. Um, if we come out and Trump, the only way we're going to know tonight the election results is if Trump loses Florida. If he loses Florida, he's lost the election, and Florida's supposed to get the results. Otherwise, all this mail-in ballot thing, that's my prediction that we, we, we're probably not going to know for a while. Um, so it, there's going to be no real reason to, to riot tonight. Anyway, let's get back to stage 10. Ruglich gets a gap. He gets ends up getting the win. He does a nice post-up. And in the end, they give him the red jersey of the overall lead. Now, this became a big issue because the next day the riders did a protest. What happened there? Well, what happened was the UCI designated this as a sprint stage. And if they designated it as a sprint stage, you've got to have a three-second gap in order to between you and, a, and any of the riders to actually say that it's uh, not the same time. You know, the riders come in, they see the big field, they're all strung out. There are obviously timed gaps between them, but... If there's no significant gap in between any rider of more than three seconds, they give everyone the same time. However, they said after the fact, oh, it was actually a mountain finish, so you only need one second gap to actually allow 
for time gaps to be seen. And Roglic had three seconds over some of these guys. So they gave him, as you can see here, um, down to Philipson. Uh, they gave him a three-second bonus here, which gave him an equal on time with Carapaz. Due to the count back, Roglic gets the red jersey, the, the overall lead, um, the, the GC at this point, but tied with Carapaz on time. And then there was, so the next day they come back. So stage uh, 11, before the start of stage 11, there were, the riders did a protest. They all came together and they said, hey, we're not going to stand for this. You can't just, if you designate it, we've trained for this. We've, you know, checked the books and, and the course profiles and we've done everything planning to be a sprint finish designation. And therefore we should be able to count it as that. And you can't just go after the fact and change the rules. I totally would agree on that, it's, it's, but it's typical UCI stuff. It's good to see the riders stand up, but I would also say Carapaz, what are you doing allowing a three second that maybe didn't have a choice. Okay. But if you're, if you're really going to um, try to bend your, uh, your whole tour and have it sitting on the fact that there was a, a three second gap here, because this race is close as we'll see, you know, they're tight on time. And then, you know, how's it going to play out over the next few days? Um, each second is an important thing. And with these uh, time bonuses over this, the, the finish continuously, um, it makes a big deal. So the riders end up protesting. Um, I don't think that has anything to do with anything because the UCI didn't change anything. They didn't change the results. But uh, evidently it was unanimous, even Roglic. But Roglic just seems to be just a kind of a go-along, get-along guy. So, um, But the was interesting part was Chris Froome was making his his case. Uh, he was kind of the leader of the pack. He, was, he turned into the, the, the Patron, they say, you know, kind of like the Lance Armstrong. However... The next day, uh, stage 11, uh, after the protest, the riders get going. There's a break up the road. And once again, Movistar is doing their best to get Mark Soler now up into the lead. And because he's going to solidify his place on GC, he's been doing just fine. Uh, they have Enric Mass, who seems to be doing better than him in Valverde. But if you know Mark Soler, and you know Movistar, and you know Valverde, they're not content with having one rider in the top 10. They want to make sure that they have, you know, three or four. So they have the team GC and they're not content with having a rider in the top three. They want to make sure they race to a point where they can't support him in the top three. <laughs> so they're only going to be maybe in the top five. Uh, and that's what, exactly what they do here. So once again, Mark Schiller goes up the road. <clears throat> He's uh, he and David Godu uh, on the last climb. They're fighting it out. And when it comes up to the finish, um, you know, they'd had maybe two minutes or so. Uh, at some point, but on the final climb there, um, it whittled its way down uh, with the GC guys coming up from behind. And uh, Mark Solera decides that, you know, the stage win is what, once again, like Valverde, the stage win is what's important, even though I've got myself up there 50 seconds or so. Um, and uh, David Gadu ends up uh, out sprinting him, kind of, there's an attack by Solera. Gadu is able to easily hold that and then counters and, and kicks over and gets four seconds on him. Um, the rest of the guys come in, you know, 50 minute back. Um, and it was interesting because that day was pretty nasty as far as climbs. Though. You can see a little bit of the profile here. Um, you know, you've had one, two, three, four big climbs with the cat one finish, but the GC riders didn't end up really going at it. And I think their reason and their fear for that is because of what was coming up the next day, which was angry Lou, which was nasty, like 16 kilometers at like, you know, 20 some percent is ridiculous climb. Maybe it was on the 12th, uh, but he saw the GC that day. Mark Soler goes up four places. So he goes up to sixth place. Um, let's see if we can find Valverde. Cause I wanted to see where he ended up. Remember the day before he was, uh, or the few days before that he was, uh, looking to, to really move ahead 
and try to solidify himself when we had. So Valverde uh, ends up in, he's in eighth place. So you got, you know, fifth, sixth, and eighth place for a movie star. Uh, and that's kind of what they're, they're doing. To, now, are those riders going to be able to help Enric Mass the next day when he would really need it on the Angrelu? Now, the Angrelu, that's a, you know, there's even some um, news stories out um, about possible having um, our buddy uh, Sepp Kuss take the win there. Uh, you can see the, the final, the actual profile is really nasty here. It comes in at 102. It really starts, well, that's a stair step, but it's really around 96 kilometers of the 109 so, you know, a little over oh, about 12 kilometers um, of climbing here has a little step. And then uh, it averages 13.7, the final ramp, 7.4 in that middle. And that first section was pretty nasty as well. Look, coming into it, the bottom of the climb, um, you had uh, Jumbo Visma doing their best, um, looking really good. Uh, Vingard, I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, let's see if we can find the Jumbo Visma gentleman. Uh, Vingard, Jonas Vingard, Team Jumbo Visma, he hit, set the pace at the bottom. And, and it was different than we've seen the Angrelu several times before. So I especially go back to um, Horner uh, and Nibali, uh, where those guys are just attacking each other from the bottom to the top, keep crawling each other back. Nibali goes again, and everything is just spread out all over. This is the first time I've seen kind of a, a little bit of a peloton going up that, a little bit more than normal. Uh, but, I mean, that was still 4K when uh, Vingard peeled off. And then you had Sepp Kuss taking over. Right around that same point, you had uh, Enric Maas decides to go up the road. And it's fascinating. My wife was even interested in watching this one because it's just slow motion, clicking away. You know, There's like a 10-second gap, which is just a few feet of everybody in front of him because it's so dang steep. Uh, Sepp's there for Roglic. Next thing you know, Maas takes off. And then what you end up seeing was just riders. Carapaz is dropped, and then he's coming up. And then Roglic is getting dropped, and then he's coming up. Hugh Carthy. Finally, in about 1.2 to go, uh, Carthy uh, heads out and, and reminded me of one of the early stages where he put time in on Roglic, I guess that was stage six, uh, where he was hanging with Carapaz. He looked like he was just barely hanging on, big gangly guy. And next thing you know, he kind of put some time on Carapaz as well. Uh, but you saw that here. He went off and he was able to put the pedal down. He gets 16 seconds over Vlasov. Vlasov had taken off with um, just roughly the same time period there. Enric Mass was able to... Um, hold off 16 seconds. Karabaz gets that same. But then Primus Roglic coming in at 26. So he loses 10 seconds to Karabaz. And you can see Karabaz there did not get any time bonuses because he missed out on the top three. Sepp Kuss. The whole time people are going. He went with Hugh Carthy immediately um, and then looks back and, you know, Roglic is having trouble. So he keeps coming back there. And he was constantly staying with Roglic, stretching the rubber band of pacing him just as and then he would just he would, he would go, and then it would just snap a little bit, and he's going too hard, so he'd just come back and pull. And constantly holding um, Roglic to a little bit of a power and a, a pacing that was probably a little more than, than Roglic was able to kind of do on his own. I mean, you go, how much help do you actually get going uphill? It's, it's all about pacing. It's all about just having someone's wheel kind of just staring at, looking at, and being able to hold on to. So Hugh, Hugh Carthy down to Sepp Kuss in sixth place, who comes over with Roglic. Dan Martin um, holds uh, steady with those two. Well, Poles, who had um, won here, did he win here with uh, Chris Froome a few years ago? Or was that uh, an honoring Moss time? Well, anyway, he wanted to, to try to do well. He was at 135. Mike Woods holding well, helping out Hugh Carthy. But once again, when you hit the bottom and slopes there, you had no movie star help for Enric Moss, who actually did fairly well himself. I mean, it's not, like I said, if he had, if he had faltered, then you can look maybe to um, Soler. You can look to Valverde. Uh, both of them, not much uh, benefit to either 
um, to, to Anrik Mas or themselves actually at that point. Um, so the GC, um, then it goes back to Carapaz. Once again, we've seen every Sunday Carapaz taking the lead there over Roglic, 10 seconds, Hugh Carthy, 32. He went up one spot. Carapaz went up one. Down goes Roglic. Down goes Dan Martin to fourth. Dan Martin's having a good uh, race. Uh, Enrique Mass at fifth. Poles. Valverde, except Cus, hanging in there at 14th. He moves up six places. He'll probably drop out of that uh, with the time trial. Uh, so then we had a, a rest day. And with the rest day, um, you know, the riders do whatever the heck they want. Uh, and then today we have the time trial, the individual time trial, which if you just look at the profile, um, it's kind of, a, and I've broken this out a little bit. Um, it looks very similar to uh, kind of the Tour de France uh, final time trial where you had, you know, it's flat and then you have the climb going up there. And they were saying that there were pitches on this in the 30% today. That seems kind of ridiculous, but uh, it's it's a modified La Planche de Belfi stage 20. So, um it was interesting. Hugh Carthy's obviously moved himself up. And so with this, uh, some of the news reports, you know, especially Jonathan Vodders, he's saying, hey, look, Hugh Carthy actually times trial better than you may think. And I think that's partly because we just haven't really seen Hugh in a position to try to put out a time trial. And then he says the thing that people like to say, which is um, Ruglitch just disappears in the last week of, of Grand Tours. But where is that? Where is that actually? You've seen that other than the one uh, Giro in 2019. And I think that was just due to, you know, kind of he comes into the Giro, he's winning stages right away, and then he, he ends up losing to Carapaz and he ends up fourth place, kind of rebounds and holds himself. But we've talked about that. He didn't have a good support team. He had a, an issue with his bike at one point. Remember, I think his, t- his team managers are actually back in the car going to the bathroom when he needed a bike change. Uh, that was a whole issue. So there were some other factors that kind of dealt into him. And Carapaz was just flying at that point as well. So um, didn't really, you know, come to but Anyway, he goes and does the Vuelta and he ends up doing just fine. Matter of fact, the last week of the Vuelta, he's not last year. He's, he's, he's winning and um, holding, holding his own. He doesn't lose out to anybody. Um, this year's, and, and by the way, the year before that, uh, when he did in the Tour de France, he won some stages. I think he was fourth to, you know, with Kreuzwick, uh, Thomas, and Froome as well. Won a stage late. I think it was stage 18. Um, you remember over pitch over the top, gone down the hill, and ends up uh, staying away and winning it. Um, you know, he's not necessarily uh, falling off in the last week, like losing, but he wasn't the man for the, the race then anyway. And this year in the Tour de France, that was Pogacar. I mean, the last stage 20 time trial, we're really talking about uh, Pogacar destroying everybody. And we've talked about that as well. If it wasn't for, you know, Pogacar putting a a whooping and a minute plus on on everybody, even Dumoulin, um, you know, Roglic ends up winning. I don't know that you say that he, you know, up until that point, he had been um, still doing uh, just fine. So we come into today's time trial. And with that, you know, what's going to happen? Well, Pretty exciting because we had Will Barta at one point, the American for CCC, holding the lead almost until the end when second to last rider comes across the line and it's uh, Roglic ends up pipping him by one second. Um, they're doing a bike change. So the last um, 1.5 or so of the race was a steep ramp up the hill. And uh, I don't think Will Barta had a good bike change. And Roglic had a great one. Um, all these other guys, Hugh Carthy had a good one. And up until that point, he and Hugh Carthy were kind of in their first two time checks. Uh, Roglic and, and, and Hugh Carthy were kind of neck and neck. He was up on him like four or five seconds, four seconds, I think, uh, first of all. Then it kind of shut down. Then they were even. And then Roglic stormed up the final climb. Probably if you just look at the climb itself, and I'd like to see timing on that, I think he probably destroyed everybody. 
because as it was, he puts in um, one second on Will Bardet. I mean, great time, by by the way, for the 24-year-old American. Um, get a contract for that guy next year. Uh, Olivar, Nelson Olivaria, uh, 10 seconds back, but you're looking at Hugh Carthy. He puts almost 25 seconds into him on the final climb. Um, I don't know what Carapaz was going in there. I think it was down 19 seconds, so he might have put you know another 30 seconds on him on the climb. Very, very solid. Dan Martin down here in 13th. Mark Soler, way to go him, 12th. And so the GC pitcher now looks Roglic, Carapaz, 39 seconds. Hugh Carthy at 47. Dan Martin, minute 42. Enrique Mass, he had kind of the, the crap one of the day. Um, down, He's still at fifth place. So none of these top really changed. Just the top two flipped around here. Uh, Sepkas didn't eh, didn't lose any of his time um, as far as uh, to the overall. Mikhail Nieve dropped three spots. David De La Cruz, who came in right with Sep, uh, he he jumped up three spots, but he was I think he was just right behind, maybe one or two more behind Sep, but he passed him uh, right before the line. Uh, solid solid time trial for him. So what do we have coming up for the race um, on tap? Well, first of all, a few notes of that <laughs> my. Once again, a movie star, they're kind of our, our typical thing where they, they stage seven, send Valverde up the road for GC purposes. That didn't work out. I didn't win the stage either. Stage eight, they set up uh, Enrique Moss, just drilling everything at the front on the bottom of the climb until they worked their whole team out. Um, that didn't really work out for him as well. Stage seven, 11, I mean, they sent uh, Mark Soler up the road. He doesn't get the stage win. And then all that sets up for stage 12 where those guys are not um, there for him. Um, Chris, Chris Flyer. He joins in and says, Barton needs a contract. A win would have helped him in that effort. Totally. Um, I'd like to go back and look. Roglic had a very, very good um, bike exchange. And from what I remember seeing, it was him and a few other riders around him. I don't think he had a good bike change. That's one second. That's just one second that you can maybe turn around. But what are you going to do? You're, you're, um, you know, you're big grand tour. You're riding for CCC. It would have been an amazing finish, but you had Roglic and you looked at the last 250 or so of that climb where Roglic is coming up there. And, you know, some of the riders, when they're coming up to the line, even Will Barta, his helmet's cocked sideways. He's spitting out all kinds of fluids out of his mouth and just suffering to finish over the line, kind of, you know, little bike throw and watching Roglic come up there. It was power. And it was, it seemed like he was accelerating all the way to the line and I was like, oh shit! I mean, this guy's gonna he's gonna do it, and he did do it. Yes, it would have been great to see Will Barta, uh, Volta. Let's look at also what we've also seen. Um, look, EF they've got wins in the Giro, they got wins in the Vuelta, they got wins in the Tour de France. I think I don't know if there's any other team that's got um, wins in all three of the Grand Tours this year. Um, they were definitely, I think, the first one to get it with uh, their win back with Mike Woods. So um, pretty excited for them. I mean, that's that's good. Maybe they can pick up Will Barta. Put Will Barta in, kick out uh, TJ, see what that, that looks like. Um, in addition, I also heard EF was saying that they are picking up anybody that on their team, I assume it's just their team, that took a pay cut um, during COVID stuff, that they were going to be offering them an, an extension, uh, an, a contract for the next year. So if you're on the team and you this year and you said, I'll take a pay cut, you're being rewarded for not worrying about a contract for next year. So I don't know if the contract goes to the pay cut salary or if it goes to the other. Um, so let's see what we have coming up here. So this next week, uh, for the Vuelta today was big because you've put, um, Roglic gets his 40, almost 40 seconds over Carapaz. And you really have one stage left to do anything for the GC because you've got coming up here tomorrow. It's the biggest, uh, longest rate uh, stage, uh, of left of the tour. It's 206 kilometers. It's rolling and slumpy. 
I mean, like a lot of these, you, you, the writers have to be attentive, the GC guys. Um, and, you know, um, Dumoulin's out for Jumbo, so he said he was just too fatigued. He was not having it anymore. So as far as those, you know, roller days go, they still have, Jumbo still has a decent amount of riders. I think they have six left or so. Uh, but, you know, they, they're still looking for Sep, and he's going to have one more day to do some of the work um, for Roglic. So that's Lugo to Orantz. Um, like I said, it's sprint or break day, 206 kilometers. Went Thursday, stage 15, most to Puebla, La Sanabria. That's a lumpy and breakaway day. It, once again, it's got it's got five cat threes. So probably not a day for uh, Sam Bennett, uh, but it does end on a climb. So you're looking for GC riders just being attentive, make sure there's no problems, keep your teammates around you, and probably a break. Um, just don't let anything dangerous go up the road. Friday, Salamanca. Is that, is that the guy from uh, Breaking Bad? Um, to Cuidad Rodrigo, a uh, cat two and a cat one, but the class cat one is like 40K to the finish. So I'm looking for a break there. Anytime you have that big of climbs, you're going to you know shell out your sprinters. Um, so look for maybe Sunweb rider. You know, the team still kind of got a few good, um, some of their younger guys there. Uh, then Saturday is your kind of your last chance saloon uh, stage 17. Remember, we started out on Tuesday, so we don't have the full on uh, 21 stages that you typically have in a grand tour. And let's see if we can get here. Stage profile for the last chance uh, for any of the GC riders coming in with the cat one at 50 K crest in there. I mean, it's a 14.1 kilometer climb, 5.3%. Uh, it's not so bad. You got a cat three, a cat three, another three, some, a cat two, uh, the Alta de la Garanga, and then the final HC category, 11.7K at 6.9%. And I, I give more of a credit or possible uh, win here for Roglic uh, due to the fact that this type of climb is not like what we saw in the Angrelu. Um, Angrelu was so steep. Uh, you can see him suffer more. I mean, he's a punchy rider, but I think this kind of ride is much better suited for him. You know, it'd be great if he's sitting pretty. And I just don't know that you risk sending Sep up the road uh, on the final climb there to try to get a stage win. Depends if everyone's still together or if they've allowed a breakaway to go. But um, it would be great to see that. I just, I mean, that's either one of these would suit, I think, Sep and Rogoch. So that's kind of my prediction. And then the last day is into Madrid, uh, 125 kilometers and uh, nothing really there to see but uh, flatness. So with that, you've got some predictions. I, I think you're going to see Sep Cuss. Um, not win a stage because he's too dedicated to Roglic, although Roglic has really been trying to kind of allow him to. Uh, I think you're going to see Roglic end up winning this. I think Hugh Carthy, I don't know if that that last stage is steep. Hugh seems to do really well, as we've seen, on the, on the super steep stuff, stage six, and um, also on the Angrelu there. So I don't know if it's steep enough for him to put any more time into Carapaz, but uh, if Carapaz is suffering any bit, um, you could see Hugh leapfrog over, but I think those are going to be your three. And I think it's going to be Roglic, Carapaz, and then Hugh Carthy. Dan Martin is going to have to throw in the, throw in something to hopefully get him in. Brian Zimney uh, put something here, but he probably did it in a Facebook uh, message. So I can't actually see what it is on the, on the screen. Um, other than that, um, maybe you guys can throw in your predictions about who you think is going to win uh, the, the Vuelta this year. Uh, other than that, I did mention real quickly that the due to COVID-19, the teams are not going to race the Tour Down Under and uh, there's the other races down there as well. 
So they're, they're counseling on that. It would be interesting to see if the two are saying, and I think it was the, the teams just weren't willing. They couldn't even get five teams to go and join in. So it's, I think that the organizers are trying to have it. That'd be a likely situation. Not so much. I know that the country of uh, Australia locked down more than a, a wife in the handmaid's tale, but I don't know that the teams were necessarily that interested in, um, you know, this is just my guess. It, tour is going to, I mean, the, the racing is going to start up here in January. They're like, we're just getting done. It's almost December and we're still racing. I just want a break. So how about we just not go to Australia? Plus there's the, the COVID thing, but it'd be interesting because tour San Juan is kind of right around the same time. And it'll be interesting to see if the two, if the riders, uh, teams actually go down there. Um, let's see, we got some more thoughts here. Uh, Sep won't be let go to win a stage because roguish lead isn't big enough. Yes, I, I totally agree. And um, as you can see, Sep is determined to make sure he is getting Roglic to the finish line and the, the overall win. By the way, domestic uh, uh, Andrew Hood of Velenus said he should be the highest paid domestique. Um, I mean, he really, uh, when you think about it, you got all these other super domestiques, right? They're guys that can kind of be on your team and they're, they're kind of, uh, they're, they're also kind of in the lead. So you got to worry about them. Obviously they're not doing that with, with Sep, but he is doing the work of making sure his rider is in the only spots he needs to be phenomenal. Um, he's once again shown just like he did in the tour. And it's what's making me pull for Ruglitch because it's, it's a, uh, scene, you know, by, by extension here, that's giving success to Sep cuss. So, um, I also think that's uh, pretty awesome. Um, Yes, uh, Cadell uh, Evans Road Race. I don't. That's I think the other one, uh, Chris. Uh, question about. I think that's the other one that they said was canceled, as well. Um, then there's always that other one that's right down there too. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, it's all it's all a transition thing. So who knows what's happening? The big question is what's happening with uh, the local races, and are we going to have any racing here in the states? Um, I don't know. You know, they they released the. Uh, I think some people are excited to not have it. I mean, I saw on Facebook. Um, they released the, the, the new schedule for next year. And some people were like, I don't know, uh, don't you want to hope that life gets back to normal and that, that the promoters, uh, you know, promoters have to plan for the races. You want to put plan for races. Someone was mocking promoters like, Oh, this is what's going to happen when, when COVID hits, you know, like a mocking meme, but what do you want? You want them to not put out a schedule and just say, we're, we're giving up or let's put out a schedule. And then if it doesn't happen, we cancel later on. I mean, that seems like to be the normal thing, unless you're really enjoying everyone being not being. And I think it's people that don't race well. They also don't want others to race well. So they don't, they'd rather you not race at all as well. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, hold sun tour. There you go. That's the one. Uh, that's the one we're looking at, Chris. Thank you for that bit of knowledge. I appreciate that. How about some winners and losers? Um, I did see a thing with Jai Henley uh, and I, I just read the headline and I should have read the whole article cause it might've been a little more interesting than just saying I, I read something. Um, but, uh, if you remember him trying to go over all the Stelvio, trying to put his jacket on and, <laughs> and suffering with that, that was a big issue. Those are a similar time as to when, uh, Roglic was trying to struggle with his jacket. So a lot of jacket malfunction issues. Um, but he, he gave some more insight in that. Maybe I'll check that out and, and, um, see if there's anything else. Um, winners though, I mean, the, the, the racing, the Volta, I, I've always loved this race. It's a little more condensed, you know, with 18 stages. And then you've got Roglic, Carapaz, Hugh Carthy, all inside of a minute. Today's race was great. Um, you know, it was fun. It was watching, uh, it was like watching the election results come in. That's what I kept thinking about when you're, you're seeing the, the real time, the virtual time and your riders are coming and it's, you know, it's 
new results are coming in and it's exciting or dangerous or riders <laughs> maybe equate it to a rider going head first over a cliff. That's maybe what's going to happen with our uh, election results. Who knows? Uh, depends on where you're pulling or where you're, uh, who you're pulling for, I guess. Anyway, um, that's pretty much all we have for today. Anybody else want to chime in here for the last thing? Uh, Brian Zimmy, the Angry Loose stage was three hours only. Um, you're talking about just the climb or the fact that they didn't, uh, they didn't show the whole thing? I'm not sure. Uh, Angry Loose stage was three hours only. I don't know what that means. Um, I watched pretty much. I mean, what do you need to see on the Angry Loose other than just the last hour plus getting up that climb? Uh, not much more. Um, you know, you set it up, you go rewatch it, just put it till the bottom of the climb and then, then hit go on your, on your TV and, uh, and watch it, watch it from there. All right. That's all we have today. Hey, I'm going to get back to my job. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying it. I think we're supposed to have some cool weather coming in here in the Northwest. You know, I, I kind of put a pause on doing shows every day. Some of it was just disappointing after short stages are good. Oh, I get what you're saying. Um, so uh, Chris says short stages are good. Yes. Uh, well, the Angry Lou stage was only 109 kilometers, so it was short. Uh, and I think it sets up for some exciting stuff. Uh, wasn't that the Farmagal stage several years? I want to say 2016, Chris Froome. Uh, it's like 60K kilometer stage. They start out from the gun, just like ripping it. And Contador and those guys just ripped him to shreds. And he got his whole... Um, Sky team got uh, pushed off and he ended up uh, losing the tour because because uh, of that day. Uh, shortest one of the shortest days of the, of the race. Yeah, everyone's got to be on edge and and knowing what's going on. Anyway, uh, like I was saying, I kind of put a stop to some of the um, doing every day. I just got a little. I, some of the feed some of the feedback I got uh, from the Quinn Simmons stuff was was pretty harsh. And we, what was interesting there was a and I I should comment to this guy. Um, he put a post on Facebook and. Um, Basically, he called everyone here in, in Northern California, I think it's pointed at me, rednecks. I'm, I've never really been called a redneck before, but I don't know that I don't appreciate that. So it was interesting that he was, uh, in some of the other comments, it was very um, uh, very racist in a sense, or you know, categorizing people by where, who they are and what they are, rather than, you know, I, well, their, their looks or their... their he was doing everything that he was basically blaming Quinn Simmons for, which is interesting. That's his defense. So, um, oddly, no, I won't say anything more about that. All right. So let's, uh, let's head out for today. Um, between two wheels, 209 episodes in the books. Once again, we've got a few little things here with cycling, um, the Vuelta and, um, I'm hoping for a sub cuss. My neck gets red in the summer says Eric Houston. So does mine. Mine does as well, especially lately. I'm building a, a chicken coop extension. So if anybody wants to come over and see that, hit me up. Thanks.